This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm so glad you've taken time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. Bring you to learn ideas to me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in just a few minutes, today's Clark Rageous Moment. There's something called inertia bias, where we start to think that whatever things have been doing is what they're going to be doing. And there's new data that shows that we are potentially looking at a train wreck and how we're handling our own finances because of it. And coming up yet later... Recently, I told you that there's a technology that dishonest people are doing where they're setting up micro cell towers, intercepting your communications for all kinds of purposes, maybe foreign governments up to no good or just plain old crooks. There's some things you can do that will protect your information as it travels over the cellular network. I'm going to tell you Simple, free things that are available for you. So think about the mission of this show. Save more, spend less. Also, of course, avoid getting ripped off. But the whole idea is to create breathing space in your life, to live on less than what you make so that you create choices and freedom in your life. Well, a guy I know named Wes Moss wrote a thing recently based on research that he's done. What are the things that people do that lead them to become millionaires? What are the patterns? And a lot of the things that Wes has said are things that you're going to say, well, that's obvious. But others, maybe not as much. And a lot of this trends with prior studies that have been done, even one that was done a generation ago that became a book called The Millionaire Next Door, that there are certain patterns that people who end up with a meaningful amount of wealth that they make happen. So number one is they set goals. And that sounds so trite. But I think about something I'll hear from people that are financial planners, that they don't see their job as saying, be in this fund or that fund. Their job is really figuring out what you're trying to achieve, what your goals are, and then coming up with a plan to make that happen. People who are financially successful don't do it by winning a lottery don't necessarily do it by inventing something or having their own business. They do it by having a goal in mind, a target, and then working towards meeting it. And so you come up with the goal, whatever it is, and you, steady as you could be, you save to meet that goal. And 
people who end up millionaires steadily increase what they save. As they make more money, they don't increase their lifestyle. Instead, they increase what they save and every step of the way live on less than what they make. One of the clear patterns that Wes talks about is that people who end up financially independent are also people who are mortgage debt free. That they don't owe money to anybody. And these things are so important. And Wes goes through point by point. I'd love to just post his list. But also, they're all about cash, not flash. People who generally become millionaires as as the millionaire next door in the research for that book, that study, found that the average person drove a used Buick. That it was just a simple vehicle with modest transportation that they drove staying below the radar. They also found, and this is something Wes alluded to, is that people who end up millionaires do so by not splurging on fancy this, that, and the other. Live in a modest house is an example, and that's part of how you end up with a mortgage-free home. You know, I despise debt, but I don't believe that debt by itself is necessarily a bad thing. I just don't like debt. I carry no debt at all in my life. I haven't in forever. And so there are any of a number of these traits that people who end up financially independent have, but remember the first part. You come up with a goal. Second, you start living your life in a way that you can fund that goal. You stay on that course and don't allow lifestyle creep. As more money becomes available in your life, be careful to let the lifestyle run ahead. Because if it does, ultimately, you may have trouble achieving the goal you had in the first place. Rachel is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Rachel. How you doing? I am good, thanks. Rachel, you have something goofy going on with one of your credit cards that's not fun at all. That is correct. What happened? Um, I actually received a package that was shipped to me from a large department store um, that I did not order. And that tipped me off to check out uh, online and see what my credit card activity was. Um, Someone had gotten my account but had shipped the merchandise to my house. All right. Let me tell you why they did that. Um, What criminals are doing now, because the greatest amount of fraud now involving credit cards is online purchasing, not in-store, because the chips we have in our cards now, criminals have pivoted very heavily to doing online fraud. So a lot of retailers subscribe to information that tells them the billing address that goes with the credit card being used for an online purchase. So if somebody is using an alternate address for shipping, it will potentially kick that purchase out as fraud and they won't fill the order. 
So by shipping to you, it looks like a legitimate order. And normally what the crook would do is they're tracking the movement of the package, usually with FedEx or UPS. The second it shows delivered, they're at your door picking up the package before you knew it was even coming. Okay. Did anybody explain that to you about why it would be your card and your address? That's kind of what I thought, and that was the only assumption we could make. However, we live in a very rural area, and it's not like you're going to find us just, uh, you know. So this isn't the most brilliant criminal in the world. They didn't. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> so um, the good news is you have no liability at all. Okay. And... All you are required to do is, legally, all you have to do is notify your credit card company. Okay. But it would be uh, nice if you went an additional step and contacted the merchant and said you received stuff uh, that you did not order at your address, and it apparently is a credit card fraud thing. How would they like to get the merchandise back? Okay. Now, on your card, how many other bogus charges were there? There was a total of four charges, and I received four packages. Okay. And were they from four different retailers, or were they just from one retailer? They were two different retailers. Oh. So you didn't end up with four times the work, only twice the work. Right, exactly. And have you talked with the fraud department at either of these retailers yet? I did not. I talked to customer service at one of the retailers, um, and they sent me a uh, return shipping label. So they weren't at all interested in trying to figure out who the perpetrator was or anything. They just were happy to send you a return thing and get their merchandise back. Yes, correct. Okay. Because a smart online seller would want to talk to you and see what they can find out that might help them figure out pattern and maybe figure out who the crook is. Okay. But they just wanted their stuff back. How about the other retailer? I have not uh, gotten in contact with them yet. Okay. So just give them a call, and uh, hopefully this will end it, because the credit card company is sending you a new card with a new number? Correct. Yeah, so um, you're doing everything that would be required of you and an additional step that's really not by saying, hey, I got this merchandise, not mine, not my order. How do you want it back? And the key thing is it shouldn't cost you a penny. Okay. And the retailer should love you to death because think about what you're doing. You're, you're giving them the way to get the merchandise back, and all they're out is shipping costs to and from. Mm-hmm. And you should have no issues. Do you have any other credit cards? Have you checked to see if any illicit activity has happened on any of your other cards? I have, and I have not had any problems with any of the other ones. All right. One thing I would tell you, if you've not done so yet, I would implement a credit freeze on all three of your credit files. Okay. And the reason is, is that if somebody knows enough about you that they knew your, not just your credit card number, but they knew your name and address, they have enough information to then pretend to be you and open new accounts as if they are you. Okay. And credit freeze is pretty easy. It's going to be free later this year. Right now, unfortunately, 
depending on your state, you might have to pay for it. But if you go to Clark.com slash Equifax, I'll walk you through what you do. Okay, sounds good. All right, best to you. And looks like, other than a little inconvenience, this is really a situation that's ending well for the merchants and the credit card company also. Olga's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Olga. Hi, Clark. Thank you so much for taking my call. Absolutely, Olga. How can I be of service? So um, I'm trying. I'm calling for my parents. We're trying to decide whether traditional IRA makes more sense in their case than Roth. Um, they're in their early 60s. They arrived in the United States less than 10 years ago, so they don't have enough working credits to qualify for Social Security yet. Um, not much in savings, but they do have a small rental condo. They're paying off, they're working on paying off their current place. And um, they're planning on working as long as they can. And they're willing to max out their retirement contributions. They don't have a 401k option with their employer. So with their kind of a low income between the two of them, they earn 50-ish per year. Would a traditional make more sense than a Roth? No, actually, everything you said tilted it towards doing a Roth IRA. Because the advantage of the traditional IRA is that you might get a big current tax deduction. At their income level, that's not going to be there. So it provides them much more benefit doing the Roth IRA. In addition, because they're already in their early 60s, and might have to work uh, a decent number of years in their 70s, the Roth would be far preferable to the traditional because the traditional requires that you start making withdrawals from it when you turn 70, and the Roth has no such requirement. So they would have a lot more flexibility to leave the money in until they absolutely needed it. Then you add the additional factor that in... The point At the point they'd retire, likely in their 70s, the Roth money would flow to them tax-free, where all the money in a traditional IRA would be taxed. Even though their time horizon for investment is not that... Yeah, high. that's just fine. Because if they're early 60s, the money that they have in the Roth, they would draw down likely slowly over the remainder of their lives from when they stop working. So there's additional years beyond what you're thinking that the money potentially could grow and be sheltered tax-free. So in their case, so in their case, the circumstances completely support doing Roth instead of traditional. And they're allowed, they're allowed also to do catch-up. And on their income, this may not be possible, but they're allowed to put in each up to 6,500 instead of the 5,500 people normally can put in. So the, the Roth is definitely the right choice in your parents' circumstance. I want to give you a special warning that is so important about the housing market. And when the housing market was in the toilet last decade, pretty much nobody thought home prices were going to rise. They actually did rise steadily, to a point that home prices are now at record highs in most of the country. So when you ask adults now in surveys, they believe overwhelmingly, according to a Gallup survey, that home prices are going to continue to rise. 
because it's what's known as inertia bias. Whatever we have been experiencing recently is what we think the future is going to bring as well. And this is just human nature. Remember this Clark Rage, because it's very important for you to know that the time of ownership in the housing cycle has suddenly hit a point that it's more important when you buy a home to buy one that you intend to stay in a longer time period because housing prices are not going to continue to rise far beyond increases in people's income. They've gotten ahead of themselves. I'm not predicting a bust. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the ownership cycle with the idea when you buy a home that you stay in it in order to do okay financially a minimum seven years, I would say now I want you to buy a home expecting you'll stay in it 10 years or more because of the housing market being overpriced compared to income. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. I told you last month about a new nefarious technology where criminals or foreign governments have figured out how to intercept your actions on your cell phone on the way from your phone to whoever you're sending stuff to. And what criminals have done is they've been able to pop up little cell towers that intercept cellular traffic on its way to whatever network you're on where it fools the network into thinking if you're a T-Mobile customer that it's hitting a T-Mobile tower, if you're Verizon, Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, whatever. So it means that communications are not safe from prying eyes and ears. And it's why I use an encrypted messaging app. And I have an encrypted email service so that my information that's traveling is encrypted as it travels. So even if it's intercepted by a criminal enterprise on the way, and by the way, they don't keep it from its recipient. They only have the ability to see it on the way to its recipient. I eliminate that by using encrypted communication. ProtonMail is the encrypted email service I use, and I use a number of messaging apps. The most popular of all of them is one that I think Facebook owns, WhatsApp, that is huge, but the one that that uh, people that are into this kind of thing really love, and somebody on my staff was talking about it a good while ago is Signal. And with these apps, you're able to protect your information as it travels. And the information is not in a position where it is easily read by someone intercepting it. And there are any of a number of these communications apps, the key with texting and email is that if you're sending stuff of a sensitive nature that somebody else seeing it 
would be either embarrassing or costly, using these alternative means that send encrypted communication, I think it's just smart to do. Now, I assume that spy agencies know how even to defeat these encrypted programs, but maybe not. I don't know. I'm more concerned about financial crime that might occur. And that's why, for me, using these encrypted devices is important. And I would like you to consider looking at these alternate ways of doing your messaging, of doing your emailing, instead of traditional. I should mention with ProtonMail that ProtonMail only keeps the messages private if the receiver and the sender both use ProtonMail. And Karen is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Karen. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Karen. What's going on? Well, I have a question. We have, um, our family of five has iPhones, and a couple of us still have iPhone 5s, and they're getting pretty old and falling apart. And I wondered, what's the best way to buy a new iPhone? Because we're with AT&T, and for now we're okay with it. Um, But is there a do you go to the Apple store? Is that the best way to buy a new... Definitely not if you want to save money. Okay. okay. And I'm smiling ear to ear because the answer to your question is really not what you're thinking. Okay. So the best way to get a deal on a new phone is to switch who your cell phone carrier is. Okay. Because other companies will offer you deals if you'll dump who you're with. And so in the iPhone orbit, there are a lot of offers right now that if you switch your service to another provider, they will uh, give you phones, buy one, get one free. Oh, okay. And so you have the potential double benefit of getting a significantly lower plan for your family for monthly service and getting phones at half cost. Okay. Is there any one, I know all the big ones are pretty, uh, I know AT&T doesn't rank well. I guess I've been no, AT&T's, lazy because I've been with them so okay. Bad. I mean, AT&T's uh-huh. not bad. But um, I know that uh, both T-Mobile and Sprint have been doing things. Oh, here we go. T- I'm looking at T-Mobile right now. The okay. only thing better than an iPhone is a second iPhone. Okay, what does that mean? Uh, Buy an eligible iPhone and get an iPhone 8 on us free. Okay. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, that that would be good since I know we need for sure two phones. And so you could use this as an opportunity, though, for all of you to jump into something new if they're offering it at a time of switching. Right, right. Anybody in your family of five have current or prior military service? Um, my daughter has military service. All right. And she's one of the five, right? Okay, yes, she All is. All right, listen what T-Mobile is offering right now to people who are military personnel or prior service. There is a military plan where uh, you pay 
after the first two people that pay, the first two pay a total of 80 a month. Okay. Total. Everybody after that pays 10 a month for unlimited talk, unlimited text, and unlimited data. Oh, wow. So even if you could come up with one more person, because you can have up to six people on it, the uh-huh. third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, all pay a total of $10 a month, and that's it. I mean, just the 10 No, nothing else extra. And, and, and the data is unlimited? Unlimited. Wow. So you can get the iPhones for half price. You get the cell phone service, ultra cheap. Because what am I talking about? For six people, it's 120 a month total for service. Gosh. Yeah, you don't know when I want to pay now. You don't want to know what I think. Actually, now that you said that, I got to yeah. know what you're paying for five people on AT and T. Oh, I don't have it in front of me. I'm actually the 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 daughter that's in the military. She had an emergency appendectomy, so I had to fly up to help her out. And she so okay I'm now? Up here, yeah, she is fine. Oh, good. Yep. Good. My brother works for Delta, so I could fly standby up to D.C., and then um, she goes to school in Charlottesville and is in the Navy nursing. And so um, I drove her back home, and now I'm going to hopefully fly standby home. So anyway, well, while you're, so I don't have my bill in front of me, but... Well, you I know, know it's, it's a more lot than more than that, right? <laughs> yes. So you've right. been very helpful. Well, tell her, thank her for her service to our country. And I also appreciate that T-Mobile is is actually saying more than they appreciate they're offering such a deal to military personnel. Yeah, I think that's great. And I'm going to tell her boyfriend, too, because his family has, there's six in their family, and... Oh, she's she's smiling now, like, oh my word, you're telling me <laughs> telling him everything. <laughs> but that would be very helpful for them as well. Well tell her you Marines. haven't told me any important things like her social security number or anything okay, like that. Okay, I'll tell her that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, best to her recovery much. and Okay. And I hope that I've been able to help you with both the phones and the service. Nick is with us on the Clark Howard show. Hello, Nick. Hello, Clark. I have a question for you. We keep getting um, emails for our granddaughter for a, a, a auto warranty insurance. And uh, oh. we also get phone calls in her name with our address. And I'm concerned maybe her uh, identity has been stolen. Um, it is possible. That- it is possible that there's an identity theft. It also is possible these car warranty mailings and calls are going all over the place to everybody. My 12-year-old okay. son got one of those as a phone call really? <laughs> just um, just this past weekend. He got a call okay. pitching him for a car warranty. All right. All right. So, so it, is, just... it is possible, and under a new federal law, starting in late summer, you're going to be able to freeze your granddaughter's credit so that if somebody was trying to use her identity, they would mm-hmm. be shut down cold from doing that. Well, I tried to get a credit report from on her with all of her information, and I couldn't even do it. So I, is that normal? That's good. That means that this is just a UFO thing. That's what I was thinking. Okay, great. Yeah, so, great. so that's actually a good thing, not a bad thing. Okay, thank you much. Appreciate it. All right, have a great day. Yep, you too. 
And is it Inez? Yes. Inez is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good, thank you. Well, I've taken your advice, and we have all our um, credit locked up. And now I saw a Consumer Reports report saying that that's not the end of it, that we also need to freeze it with National Consumer Telecom and Utilities Exchange. And I was wondering if you've heard of them. Oh, yeah. And if we really oh, yeah. need to do this. Yeah, guess who runs it? Equifax. The said it was Equifax. Equifax, yeah. the very people who have led to this horrendous national problem that will go on for the rest of our lives with identity theft. Mm-hmm. They are running a database for generally it's used by the nation's cell phone carriers. And I think it's also used by um, some of the uh, cable TV and satellite providers. So when they do a credit check to decide whether or not you're okay to give cell phone service to or to give uh, pay TV, if you have not frozen this obscure database, then your information could still be traded on illegally. Okay, so and we, we had a we actually had a call not too long ago from someone who had their credit frozen and criminals were able to go open new cell phone plans as if they were them. Wow. So, so it's like I I'm always reluctant to get into more obscure databases because I don't want people to sh- shut down like you now you want me to do something else and then you're going to add something <laughs> else as well. But this is a step that if you're motivated, it doesn't take much time at all. And the website is nct as in Tom, ue.com. Okay. Or if I did it in proper military lingo, tango. <laughs> Thank you very much, Clark. I will go ahead and do that also then. Great. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Amanda joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Amanda. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Amanda. How may I serve you? Okay. Well, I um, wrote in about two days ago uh, regarding a a credit question. My husband um, has a credit score of 584 and uh, has recently had a a credit card that decided to close due to a too high of a balance. And um, we're wanting to eventually purchase a home, obviously. So he's trying to save his credit. And he thinks that the best way to do that is to offset it by opening another credit card. So I'm afraid because his credit score has obviously taken several um, hits to it lately that opening a new card would actually just be denied. So we kind of had this back and forth and he's somebody who listens to you all the time and he brought up your name and I said, well, why don't we go ahead and ask him and see what he thinks about it? So he's sitting beside me and we just kind of wanted to get your take on how to, to avoid more pitfalls when it comes to um, saving his credit. So the 584 score did not come about just because of running a high <laughs> limit on this card. What other things have affected your husband with his credit? We over- recent- well, we recently, I, I finally convinced him to go to Credit Karma to look it up. And um, he had several charges from um, medical charges that they charge the same thing multiple times. So we've contested that, and they've taken several of them off this past month. There's also something that 
he might be going through with a foreclosure as far as a timeshare that we've been trying to find out about from um, a previous relationship. So there's like several things that obviously have been working against him. But this account closing is kind of like the straw. Straw that broke the camel's back, right? Right. And, you know, my I'm not saying that I have an amazing credit score, but my credit score is closer to the 700s. And um, I've been working on it for a little over a year and a half now. So I was trying to share with him the information that I've gotten. And he seemed to think that that we need more information because I'm not a financial advisor. So I said, fine. Let's all right. Well, first of all, Amanda, sounds like you're doing just fine here. <laughs> as far as, as, getting, as getting another card, that's not a high priority for your husband to do right now. The top priority is to work on paying down the balance on the one card because if they killed the card because of high usage, uh, he's got to get that balance paid off. Right. And so is that, there a way for him to convince them to not close it based on like maybe paying more? Because we called in and they said that it's just judged by a system. And I said, well, they probably won't just hand out the information on how to rectify the situation. They're kind of feel like you're not going to do right by them at this point, you know? So I didn't know, is there another way to even salvage that account since we just got a, a warning about it? Generally not. You know, card issuers are getting very nervous right now because charge-off rates are rising, delinquency rates are rising, and I'm getting calls from people who haven't done anything wrong with their cards, having their accounts closed or having their credit limits heavily reduced right now. So the mission for your husband, particularly with the goal being to buy a home, is to be all about clearing up those items on the credit report. Now, i got to lay something straight out to you. If Mm -hmm. that foreclosure truly ends up on his report and is legit for that timeshare, that's going to hang around for a while and make things really tough for him to get that score up. And so all you can do is what you can do. You already started the process with the medical. The goal from here is to work on the items on the credit report and pay down the card. That's the highest priority to heal the score and heal the credit to be able to buy a home someday. And your advice to him that I heard from you sounded perfect. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews. 